The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. And this is the Pot of Thunder and Rock and Roll. The spell you're under has been broken by Chris Jericho. The remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here, so let's go for a ride.
false words are spoken I can't believe it's true Ignoring my presence Like I don't exist Move on without me I guess I won't be missed Died with you from Do You Want to Start a War? We've been playing it every night on the Cinderblock Party Tour over here in the UK, which is where I'm hitting you up from. I'm in a hotel room in Nottingham. I'm going to tell you all about the Cinderblock Party Tour. I'm going to tell you all about the Fozzie shows in Nottingham and everywhere else in Ireland. And then after I talk about all that, we're going to talk to our guest today. PJ Black is back. He was Justin Gabriel in the WWE. He actually quit. The WWE, he walked out of his dream job, as he said. What would make him quit? What would make him walk away? You don't hear of that happening too often. He walked out on his own terms. Guys are usually let go or they usually retire. But he actually quit and walked away from what he calls his dream job. And he's very much happier now that he's done it. We're going to find out all about what drove PJ to that point, how it all went down, what his plans are for the future, how he got into the WWE, how he got out of the WWE, how he became Justin Gabriel, and how now PJ Black is back, baby. It's all going down on Talk is Jericho today. But right now, big shout out to all of the sponsors of Talk is Jericho. Thanks to all of you for supporting this podcast, supporting my sponsors. And the easiest way to help out the show, you know it's Amazon links. You go to podcast1.com, click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner at the top of the page hey, hit the talk is jericho button every time you use one of them amazon links amazon kicks back a couple buckolas to the show help us cover them production costs i got links for the usa for the uk for the canada a so many places all around the world that you can shop for the stuff using my links get all kinds of cool stuff man you can get cds you get black veil brides you can get Shawn michaels books you can get chris jericho books you can get josh gates memoirs of a monster hunter he was amazing on talk is jericho last week loved having him on you can pre-order the new chris jericho DVD, The Road is Jericho. Yeah, that's what you got to get checking out. If you like the record, you want to start a war by Fozzie. If you like the book, The Best in the World at What, I Have No Idea uh, by Chris Jericho, you are going to need this uh, Tercera, the Tercera, the third, Tercera Caída, which is third fall in Spanish. Uh, It's the Tercera edition to the Jericho collection from this year. The Road is Jericho. Very cool new DVD that has bunch more matches. If you have my uh, Break Down the Walls DVD, it's got a lot more matches. It's got a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, uh, stories. We got in a limousine. We traveled from uh, New York City all the way to Lancaster, PA, and all I did was talk about myself. As you know, I, I really don't like to do very much, but it's called The Road is Jericho. It came out yesterday, March 10th. You can go buy it right now. 
on Amazon through my links. I want you to go do that. Actually, you can buy whatever you want, but I suggest you buy The Road is Jericho. Go do it right now. But remember, there's no hidden fees or extra charges. If you happen to be doing some online shopping, go do it through my Amazon links. Go to podcastone.com. You keep our podcast free, bound on top of the page. You AG, hit the Talk is Jericho button. You bookmark it so you get those links in one easy click. All right, I told you I'm over here on the Cinderblock Party Tour. Um... Recording this intro a few days earlier than usual because you got to go with kind of what the Wi-Fi situation is when you get on the road. And it's not just in Europe or in the UK. It's the same as when you're in the States, too. you got to have good Wi-Fi to send these files because they're big files. So I knew that in Nottingham that I would have a hotel after the show because we have a 10 o'clock bus call tomorrow. So that means that um, I have an overnight in the, in the hotel. So I got good Wi-Fi. I set up my Zoom recorder and start talking to you. Got to lay down them intros, lay down them outros, uh, talk about my sponsors. But so far, the uh, excuse me, the Cinderblock Party Tour has been insane. We've had such a great time. And uh, we came over from Ireland on the ferry last night which I don't know if you guys know this, but Ireland is, is an island. And so the first three shows were uh, in Belfast, Cork, and Dublin, and they were all off the chain crazy. The Dublin show uh, was a sold-out show, but it was in this, uh, I'd say, a punk rock club. It was called Fibber McGee's. And it, oh gosh, probably held about 300 people, so it was a real sweat box, man. And it was so crazy because it's one of those shows where they're dragging people out of the front row across the stage because they're passing out in the front row. You always get the girls that want to go to the front and guys too, but it just gets to be a little bit too hard to handle. Pretty little baby, let me light your candle because my mom's show hard to handle as you be die. So um, they, they get carted away and it's just sweaty and just you leave the stage just like a wet dog. I just went and lied on the floor for like 15 minutes. And then uh, tonight we came back to Nottingham, Rescue Rooms, which is a great place to play in town. And the last time we came here, we played with Drowning Pool, and it was a good crowd, but tonight it was sold out just with Fozzie and the Dirty Youth. But it was one of those nights where there was gremlins, a lot of gremlins in the system. And what I mean by that, if uh, you know anything um, uh, about you know World War II, they would say some gremlins got into the airplanes and would screw things up. And it, you know, it's funny because we've got this really wicked intro tape, if you've heard it, it's like a a culmination or a combination of uh, war pigs with like opera music behind it. It's really, really cool. It sets the tone. It's super dark. The stage is big. The crowd is pumped. And I walk out on stage in the dark with the intention of turning on, um, you know, my jacket, you know, the lighted jacket. I've made it part of the Fozzie show now. And I've got a new lighted jacket that's based around LEDs. You've seen it a few times. It was on uh, SummerSlam and it was on a couple other um, WWE shows, but it had a habit of conking out. I know like the joke is like, oh, Jericho's jackets always break. Well, the reason why they, they break down sometimes is because they're all very fragile and very intricate and all prototypes. So the first couple that I had were all light bulbs and wires and this one is all based on LED strips, okay? So I carry this thing with me everywhere uh, on a hanger in a, a coat bag, like a jacket bag, a suit bag. And I brought it over to Europe, and it's totally cool, and it works. But the thing is, you have to turn on with uh, power bars, kind of like what you would, um, if you bought a portable charger for your phone, for your iPhone, you know, it's kind of like a big white thing and you stick it in there and you turn the button on and it charges your phone. Well, that's what these things are. The, this jacket is charged kind of like, but like an iPhone, you got to plug it in. So you got to turn on the two buttons and then you got to turn the switch. And for whatever reason, it takes 10 seconds to start. And tonight I didn't press the right button on the side. So when I went out 
into the crowd and people can kind of see you wander out there. I turn the light, uh, turn the switch and the jacket doesn't come on. Okay. So then I turn it again. And meanwhile, the intro is playing for, do you want to start a war? So I've got like four seconds in the dark or eight seconds in the dark. Then the lights come on. So of course lights come on, show must go on. And then of course the stupid jacket starts working. Cause I finally was able to turn the right switch. So that wasn't a, a jacket broken, uh, being broken. That was the, uh, the, uh, operator being a dummy. So then we're playing the show, and of course people don't know. They just see a really cool jacket, and it lights up. And it's not the way you want the show to start, but people don't care. They're just ready to have a great time and rock out. And like Paul Stanley said, man, you know, sometimes things go wrong, and what are you going to do? The show must go on, and, and, it, and, and you're bigger than a jacket. You know, you're, you're better than a jacket, and he's right. You know, damn it, the jacket is, is part of the show, but it's not the show. I am the show. The band is the show. Vibe and the energy the crowd is the show. And the people are just going nuts, and it was a really cool vibe. And then, uh, then at one point, I was wearing like a, a a dress shirt, which I never wear, but it looked really cool. I, I took this black uh, sequin scarf and made it into a tie, and I had really tight black uh, pants on with like leather strips all over it and studs. So it was a kind of a real cool looking vibe. And I think because this the the shirt was so sweaty, because it's a dress shirt, like I said. It drenched my pack. I wear inner ear monitors, which that means is that you can hear your vocals and, and the music like wearing earbuds if you put on your, uh, you know, your iPhone or put on your iPod or whatever it may be. So my earbuds just went dead. So I took out the pack. I gave it to uh, one of our guitar techs, Mackie. And basically what happened was that it got drenched so bad it just died. It like shorted out. It's like dropping your iPhone into the swimming pool or something like that. And it's just it just went dead. So... I kind of sang a couple songs without inner ears, just kind of off the front of house monitors, which is the way we used to sing back in the old days before there's inner ears. And then they, uh, I went to the side of the stage and Mackie said, it's done. It's, it's fried out. So they put a, a wedge in the front, which means it's a monitor that I can hear, but they got to add that while we're singing. So now the jacket didn't work and now the wedge went out and then Rich's guitar went out at one point before we did died with you, which you heard earlier. So I have to just kind of ramble onto the crowd. You know, I have to just kind of talk to them and, you know, just make stuff up. Hey, Nottingham, it's great to be here. Our very first show ever in the UK was in Nottingham, which is true. And, you know, it's great to be back nine years later. And, you know, I remember coming here one time and going to the Sherwood Park uh, Museum. And, you know, uh, you get in this little cart and this old guy kind of pushes you around and kind of tells you, over here is, is, is Sherwood Forest and over here is he's with a, with a little John walk the bridge. And it's just like the worst ride ever. So I told that story and people are laughing and. Um, actually, I have to do a little sidetrack. I, I I stole the show in Dublin because I told my famous line. I said, you want to hear the worst joke about Dublin? I said, you go up to the girl and say, are you from Ireland? And then she says, why? Because I've been looking at you and my penis is Dublin. Uh, they loved it. They laughed. And then this girl uh, crowd surfed onto the stage and she was wearing like a big captain's hat, a big red captain's hat. And... Um, uh, same kind of thing that Paul Stanley wore in the uh, All Night video. So I started singing uh, All Night, which was great. And um, if that girl didn't get her hat back, I hope she did. If you're listening right now, I hope you got your hat back. I just grabbed it because uh, I wanted to wear it and be Paul Stanley. Because, as you know, everything I do, I just want to be Paul Stanley. <laughs> so anyways, um, and then tonight after after you know, those things went down and then Bad Tattoo. Rich does a theremin solo, which is that weird sounding thing in the middle of the song, which is kind of like uh, it's based around, I don't know what it's based on, sound vibrations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And first time since we started doing Bad Tattoo, like, I don't know, 50 gigs ago, it didn't work. So he just kind of, 
you know, the show must go on. The theremin's not working. You don't just stand like an idiot. You just grab your guitar and play a couple notes and just keep the vibe rolling. That's basically what he had to do. So even though all these things go wrong, people still going nuts. At the end of the set, because I had no inner ear pack, my inner ears were out, I took off my scarf tie, I jumped in the crowd for a crowd surf, and of course, I get dropped. <laughs> I don't think people thought I was going to jump, but then... Didn't get dropped all the way. Kind of got dropped to the floor where people then just put their hands underneath me and they picked me back up again. Then I did a nice little surf around and back on stage and still was able to jump off for the last little bit, for the last little cue. So uh, great time so far on the Cinderblock Party Tour. And if you guys are on the fence about coming, you better not mess around. Don't screw around. This is, uh, this is the place to be. It's definitely our, our biggest tour. As I'm talking to you right now, three out of the four shows have been sellouts. The VIPs have been going crazy. They've been like through the roof, 15, 20 people every time. It's great hanging out with all of you and seeing all of you. And Setlist is killer. I think if you guys are Fozzie fans, you'll be very, very happy. And if you're not, I think you should still come and check it out because, um, like I said, we have a reputation of being one of the best live bands in the world. And that's not uh, ego. That's what people have said, including Beyond Magazine, Rolling Stone UK, uh, and lots and lots of fans. Go to at Fozzie Rock on the Twitter if you want to read some reports. And if you live in the UK and you live in uh, Germany and Switzerland and France, we're coming for you guys. And you are not going to want to miss out. I guarantee it. All right. I guarantee that you're also going to love the story of Justin Gabriel, now known as PJ Black. PJ Black is back. The Darewolf baby. Baby. I love that gimmick. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. All right, so we're here in the studio with uh, the artist formerly known as Justin Gabriel. PJ Black is here, and uh, you mentioned that that you had that name before, PJ Black. Uh, yeah, for 10 years before I was uh, Justin Gabriel. Uh, PJ, which is my real name, mm -hmm. and uh, when I broke into wrestling, I was actually 16 years old, and uh, I needed a, a name real quick, and uh, I went through that gothic phase where I just wore black and stuff, and my dad's like, PJ Black, it is. Like, my dad was a promoter too, by the way. It's it's funny how guys from overseas, especially in the UK, and now yourself, start so young. You know, like yeah. you said, 14, 15, 16 years old. But you mentioned that your dad was a was a promoter, wrestler too. Yep, he was a wrestler and a promoter. Um, so he put on shows. I started refing for his company when I was like 13, 14 years old. You know, so I kind of. So you grew up in the business, basically. Yeah. How was the business in in South Africa? Was this like kind of in the nineties? sort of thing in the 90s in the 80s, 70s 80s and 90s it was real big like mm -hmm. i remember as a kid going to arenas and watching hogan job to our champion it was kind of like almost a kayfabe territory which mm. not a lot of people know if you if you speak to to uh, drew mcdonald who recently passed, Just passed away yeah and uh um, regal and fit finley they all spend months some, sometimes a year there mm. and it was a uh, it was kind of big in the 70s 80s my dad kind of took over from those promoters i don't know if you know the simpson brothers yeah, yeah, Steve and Scott Simpson. Yeah, right? so their dad was a, was the main promoter, and my dad took over from them. Okay, and then, uh, my dad passed away when I was eighteen, and wrestling kind of just fucking died. Oh, died in the country. Yeah, 
You, who was your champion that you said? Who's like the South? Jan Vilkins. Jan Vilkins? Yeah. I don't know if you know that name at all. I don't. Um, I know that there was uh, a guy in Calgary called Great Gamma. I think he used to go to... Yeah, he used to go there all the time. Yeah. I watched him. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, he was a big Gama star. Singh. Gama Singh. He was a huge star in India, uh, in, um, in Durban, because Durban right. has mainly Indian population. So yeah, he would always go to South Africa yeah. and, and was a big star there. Huge star. A friend of mine, though, and I, this is his name you might know, know or might not know. He went there a few times. His name was Dr. Luther. He was, right. uh, his name was Lenny Olson. He was from, from Canada. And he went to South Africa on a tour, I think, with Gamma. I believe to use the name Dr. Luther. Maybe he was the Atomic Punk, or I'm not sure what his name was when he was there. But he actually moved to South Africa for, for a, a time. Oh, really? And lived there. working. Was there a guy called Hurricane? Hurricane, yes. Um that that name sounds so familiar. He might have worked under something else, though. Yeah, under something. I'm, I can't remember yeah. what his name was when he was there. The, the, that that promoter in Durban brought in a lot of Canadians. Uh, right. Yeah. And he actually moved there and married a South oh, wow. African yeah. girl. That happened a lot too. A yeah. bunch of German guys that came over, married South Africans, and just stayed <laughs> and stayed forever. Right. Yep. Um, so you mentioned that that when your father passed away, the the, the wrestling died, uh, and and then you came came here and and. The big news over the last couple months is that you actually, which is a very rare thing, you actually basically walked away, quit the WWE, yeah, and uh, just quit my dream job, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just quit the dream. And now, what? what you know, obviously, that's a huge decision for you. Probably something you were thinking about for a long time. What? Uh, what was the, the the mindset that led you to to quit? Oh, man, where do I start? It's been coming for about a year or so. You know, uh, I don't even know on the day what it was that triggered it but uh it's just like i've been moving down on the card and i've been trying really hard you know to get back up and i've been working on this new character and like everything they told me to work on i did and i went back to nxt i worked on some stuff and like nothing nothing i did seemed to work and it was just like it was kind of frustrating so mm -hmm. you know I, I kept trying i kept trying and you know nothing happened over this past year and i was just like you know what but somehow they just killing my creativity you know I, I see myself as an artist and i want to show people what i can do and they're not mm. giving me that platform they're not putting me on tv enough to to show people what i can do and i was like you know on that day i was just like i'm done mm -hmm. you mentioned that uh kind of something that started was you went to the arnold classic yeah when you were off talk to tell, tell us about the story you're going to tell me before so that, that was about a year ago about this time because mm -hmm. that's coming up um yeah, that's where it started because I was fully booked on everything. You know, even though if you're not on TV, I was still on everything. So I was making good money, decent money. And all of a sudden, that stage of my life, like if you weren't booked for TVs or live events, you would just sit home. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting home for like three months and I was like calling Michael A's and I was like, hey, what do I need to do to get back on? He goes, you need to get back on TV. I'm like, yeah, but that's your job. He goes, send me some storylines or ideas and stuff. And I did. I kept sending every week, every day. And I was just sitting at home. I was frustrated. And uh, the uh, uh, the Arnold came around, and I was like, oh, it's my birthday weekend. I'm going to treat myself. Let me go check that out. You know, I was always into fitness. I was a personal trainer for years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went there, and uh, so funny, I ran into to Hunter, mm. who I know is not a big fan of my work. But I was like, hey, man, I'm going to you know, I'm gonna win you over one day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a fan of me. And he's like, cool, man. I like that. I like people that work hard and the people that prove me wrong. And then I started working hard. I went to, like, NXT. I was no one told me to do this. I, w I went there and I worked on this character, this daredevil character, which I filmed my own vignettes for. I did, uh, I did promo classes every day. Dusty Rhodes helped me out a lot with some stuff. And uh, all the trainers at NXT were great. They helped me out with like a new moveset, new everything, you know. And I just like that never like they never gave me a chance to do that. 
what, what you said a couple of things. Uh, first of all, we have a tradition on this show because so many guys have been through with Dusty. Right. Uh, you got to give me a Dusty imitation on, on how he helped you out. <laughs> well, this is how I see it, baby. <laughs> this character, he's like, he's like Jeff Hardy, but he's also kind of like, you know, like a rock star. <laughs> and uh, funny story, actually, when Adam Rose debuted, uh-huh. he came to Dusty came up to me and he goes, that's what I wanted you to be in, in FCW. I was like, well, why did you never tell me that? Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> now, you mentioned Hunter didn't like your work. What, what made you think that? I don't know. Like, uh, we had this discussion before. You know, sometimes you just get that vibe of someone. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you never get along with everybody that you work with. Or, mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's sort of in charge. So, I was kind of like going out of my way to impress him, I, think, I feel like. And uh, nothing I did worked, man. <laughs> and that was frustrating. Well, sure it is, because you're a very dynamic performer. Thank you. I mean, Appreciate it's that. very uh, exciting to watch. You do a lot of things that, you know, a lot of people don't do. And, of course, there's always things that you can work on. There's a lot of things I can work on. A lot of things anybody can work oh, on. Oh, definitely. And, and I worked on those weaknesses. I know I'm not a promo guy, mm-hmm. because English is my first language, and I have an accent, and, mm-hmm. you know, I have uh, sometimes a weird way of expressing myself, and I don't know. But, I mean, I worked on that every single day. I know that's my biggest weakness. And mm-hmm. I worked on that every single day, and I still am. No, just because I quit the WWE and I'm going to the Indies doesn't mean I'm going to quit working on my weaknesses. That's mm-hmm. just the type of person I am. And what was the character that you were working on? Oh, he was called Darewolf. So it was kind of like, a, yeah, I, some kid on, the kids on Twitter started calling me Cape Town Werewolf. So, uh, and then, why, why the Cape Town Werewolf? I don't know. I think Twilight was big at the time. Oh, okay. And, you know, maybe I looked like one of the yeah, yeah, wolves yeah. or okay. something, you know, from Cape Town. I don't know. And then uh, I started working on this Daredevil character, started watching some evil Knievel stuff mm-hmm. and like all kinds of stuff. So we just combined the two words, dare, from take Daredevil and werewolf, and I mm-hmm. turned into Darewolf. And uh, Hunter said to me, just because you thought of it doesn't make it great, but Vince loved it. So we, they trademarked the name. Oh, they did? They did. Oh. So I was like, cool, this is the first step, you know? So I started filming all my own vignettes. This is another funny story. So I film all these vignettes, right? So I'm, I grew up surfing. So I... Have, uh, I I'd got a bunch of clips of me surfing, doing backflips on a, on a dirt bike, like riding track on, on a speed bike. Uh, there was some surfing big waves, some skydiving, some base jumping, some anything crazy that you can imagine. There was one scene where I was juggling fire. Wow. Um, man, I, I nearly killed myself on my motorcycle twice. I rode off two motorcycles. Trying, trying tricks. To, yeah, trying tricks <laughs> and like, you know, just trying to get the perfect shot. And I thought the vignettes came out pretty cool. And uh, I went into Vince's office one day and I showed him all this. And it was probably like a two-minute thing of me just doing all these crazy stunts, man. Like crazy. And he gets up after everything and he looks at me and he goes, hmm, I didn't know you can juggle. <laughs> I was like, cool, that's what you got from that? <laughs> oh, but you got to love the guy, man. Crazy genius. Classic though, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I didn't know you could juggle. <laughs> no, to me, because you showed me a lot of, of, of the clips. I, mean, I don't think I actually saw that one in particular, particular but a lot of the skydiving stuff. Yeah. And, and I thought it was, I mean, I love the name for one. And, and you should still use it until they tell you to uh, stop using it. But. No, funny story. So when, when we, do, we didn't use it, uh-huh. uh, I, uh, it gets abandoned. I uh, oh. went to go see a lawyer yesterday and I'm trademarking it myself. It's your, I mean, I, it's I, mine love, now. I love the name. I love the concept of what it is. And, you know, hey, listen, okay, you're not a great promo. Guess what? Either is Jeff Hardy. Guess what? Either was Chris Benoit. Guess what? Either was Bret Hart. Right. When you find your character, you know, that becomes your yeah. promo. Yeah. And this is a great, great character. Yeah. You know? I think um, so. I, I mean, there's so much stuff I can do, but at least on the Indies now, people can see that. Mm-hmm. What's cool about the Indies, the Indies is so big right now. 
Is it? Yeah, it's yeah. so big. And like, you know, they have like the eye pay-per-views and stuff like that. So, you know, at least people can get to see that now. Right, right, right. And, you know, that, that's one of the things they said when I, when I walked out 100 events, they weren't happy the way I did it. Mm-hmm. They said the, I mean, maybe a few years down the line, the door's not closed, but it's mm-hmm. going to be really hard. Well, you said they're not happy the way you did it. What did you do? <sighs> um, I kind of just did it over the phone. Oh, really? <laughs> Via text. Yeah. So, so three straight weeks of Raw and SmackDown TV, um, I wasn't booked on any, on anything. Not even the superstars, not even a dark match, nothing. And Were you still there? I was still there. Okay. So doing all the live events and then you go to TV and you know TV days are long. Mm-hmm. So you sit there and catering and it's so frustrating if you're not doing anything and the days are long, man. So the third week came up and, uh, you know, actually I went to the building. I had nothing. So I left and I went skydiving. <laughs> got like three jumps in. I got back. What city was that? That was in Austin. So you just look up in, in, on Google skydiving? Yeah, it's, it's, it's apparently huge in this country. 39,000 uh, registered skydivers. Wow. Yeah. So, so you just go, oh, I'm going to go skydiving. Texas today. is a great place to do it, too. <laughs> yeah. Got a couple of jumps in, got back, you know. No one even noticed I was gone. Mm-hmm. I had, like, the goggle print on my face. <laughs> and Seth Rollins was like, hey, what's, what's that? And I was like, uh, when jumping? <laughs> he goes, holy <laughs> shit. How many did you get in? And. Long story, blah, blah, blah. Uh, still nothing on the card. So I was like, I'm going to book my own flight home. You know, get home a day early. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. I've been on the road for like, I don't know, like two, three weeks without going home. Get home a day early. Book my flight home. On my connecting flight, I have all these referees calling me, Mark Rano calling me. He's like, where are you? You're in this next segment. And I don't know what it was. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, never mind. Just tell him I quit. And I was like, click. <laughs> who would you say that to to uh whoever i spoke to oh, well, so- actually no I, I didn't even answer the call i sent i sent a text back mm. saying that tell him i quit so what was the fallout from that i didn't hear back for for, for quite a while and carano a couple of days later texted me back saying hey we'll deal with that later and i was like whatever so i just kind of like stayed home and like expected them to call and in my head i was gonna i was thinking man that was kind of like a rash decision like it was just like on the spot like um i know i do a lot of crazy sh- but that's that was probably the craziest thing I've done, I think, in my <laughs> life. I was like, I'm going to probably regret it. But I didn't regret it. And like the few days, I didn't hear anything back from them. And I was like, you know what? Even if I get travel, I'm not going to gonna go because I'm going to stick to my guns because I, f- I feel happy right now. And I did. I, hmm. you know, and Toronto was cool. He was like, uh, we're going to try to get you your 90 days. He got me my 90 days and everything. And uh, everything turned out okay. Wow. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing, like you said, that um, – you mentioned this earlier that you that you that you quit your dream job. Yeah, and you mentioned it was a rash decision, but it was a long time coming. But you mentioned that you were happy. Yeah, that's that's so weird. Like, I'm, because there's so much stuff that I want to do. Like, like I said earlier, I I consider myself an artist, and I want to show people what I can do. You know, uh, one of my goals in life was always to go to Japan, mm-hmm. and it was so hard going from South Africa, going from a third world country. I could never get a visa. Mm-hmm. So hopefully now I'll get the chance to do that. You know. What's been the reaction since the, since the word got out that you quit? Has there been a lot of uh, interest in 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 your yeah, places a, or a lot of a lot of interest? Surprisingly, and uh, um, not surprisingly though, man. I think I think like you said, it's been a long time coming. Where now you're out there, maybe people yeah. will be excited to to have you on yeah. the show. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Um, like my March and April is completely fully booked. Really, which is great. Yeah, I mean, some of these indies I don't I've never even heard of, but like when I Google it, everyone's like, no, these. These are good ones. And uh, got some great matches that I'm looking forward to, man. Like coming up against like AJ Styles and uh, Drew, mm-hmm. obviously, and Ricochet, which is one of my favorite performers, man. Were you keeping an eye kind of on the indie scene? Like when you were still in the WWE, 
were you thinking like, man, I'd like to go and, and work here, here, here? Because when Drew, actually Drew sat in that chair, Drew right. Galloway, uh, for, formerly known as Drew McIntyre, about a week after great, he... Great performer. Like, great if, performer. If that guy, if the system can't make that guy the world champion, then there's something See, wrong, that's the know? thing, and he didn't walk away. He was mm-hmm. actually fired, mm-hmm. which is even more of a sting. Yep. yep. The fact that you actually walked away on your own terms, that's, that, that's pretty admirable, but he has been working nonstop ever since. I know, I know. And, and I've been actually watching him have fun. And I yeah. Was like, Man, that's what it's like to have fun again. So were you watching that kind of when you were in the system at home for three months going... Oh, definitely. Like, you know, like you get frustrated sometimes and you, you start hating. You're like, man, I hate this sh- mm-hmm. and everything. And then I would go back and be like, you know what I liked? I liked that pay-per-view. So I'd go, w- go back and watch that, you know, and I've been getting into the Japan stuff a lot and like the new Japan stuff and all those guys. I know most of them too. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they, they look like they're having so much fun and I got like my passion for wrestling back. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And like watching Drew go home and watching all that stuff and I kind of like, yeah, I looked up some indies and I've always enjoyed Ricochet. I think he's freaking great, man. You know, is he from England or is he American? Or? He's, he's American. American right? uh, I'm not even sure where he's from, but like if, if you're not familiar with his stuff, like YouTube him and his Ring of Honor guy. guy or? He's uh, actually Lucha Underground right okay. now. But oh, he's, okay. He's, he's, uh, he's probably the champion then right now, I think. But I mean, he does ev- everywhere. I mean, he, he's. Have he, you he won the, I mean, you, you've done the Super Juniors, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he won the Super Juniors last oh, year. Oh, okay. So he's. Uh, so that's the guy that you're excited to work with. Oh, yeah. Definitely. definitely. You know, um, it's funny because I, I know the feeling when I was in WCW, and I never talked bad about WCW. I mean, it was it was a great experience for what it was. It led me to WWE. But I remember, and all of us were saying that Eddie and I had the conversation many times. It's like it's killing our our desire to do this. Like I don't, I would yeah. rather not do this than be here anymore. I, I don't want to be here anymore. Kills that creative spirit yes. in you too. You know, like you don't want to. I mean, you've had some great matches and WrestleMania moments and stuff, but it makes you. You know, it makes you think, like, how did I think of that, those moments? Because mm-hmm. you need that fire in you to, to come, up, come up with shit like that, you know? Absolutely. If you're not in this into this job 100% mentally, even oh, yeah. more than physically, if mentally you're not there, you can get hurt, you're going to get bitter, you're going to get angry, you know, and I can see that for you, especially <laughs> a young guy. I mean, how old are you? Uh, well, 33. I but I mean, that's younger, super young. I know. For, for that's another reason years. I thought, I was like, man, I can hold out for another year or two. Then my, my contract expires. I'm pretty sure they're not going to re-sign me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, man, but I'm not getting any younger. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm in the peak of my career right, right now. Yeah, so I should be yeah, exactly. doing stuff, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and, and that's why, like you said, just by taking that chance, like I did the same thing leaving WCW going to WWE. As crazy it sounds now, at the time, there was a lot more money offered from yeah. wcw but it wasn't about that like i said i don't i will go there for free exactly i need to get out of this environment yeah. because it kills your passion and kills your creativity and what used to come very easily to me was now becoming very hard to think it of became ideas. a job right yes you have to think about it it's like oh what am i going to do with this guy what that's am I right gonna do here what am i going to do with a storyline you know like yeah. yeah i know i know exactly what you mean and i and for me it was on a very small scale because i never got given the you know, mm-hmm. an opportunity to, to the the last, and I'm gonna I'm gonna break I'm gonna unleash a secret here. The <laughs> last big thing that you did Uh-oh. on 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 Raw was you were the bunny huh. in the Adam Rose. Uh, that's never been really known, is it? I don't know. Uh, we we've let it, it know that you were. The, I mean, it's not hard <laughs> to figure out when the bunny's doing like these beautiful splashes and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I played the bunny a few times, <laughs> and it was kind of fun in the beginning, and mm-hmm. but then it kind of I was just like. Wait, this is not going to go anywhere. And I had so many great ideas for that too. Even pitched, for the bunny, for the bunny man, pitch this evil bunny, this gothic bunny, 
costume that the the the, the, the graphic guys from The Walking Dead was going to make that make oh, Kane, really? Kane's mask. And I got to show you pictures. It was awesome, and everybody loved it. And again, those ideas just went nowhere. And that was that's another frustrating thing because that's not the first time it's happened. I have all these great ideas, and everybody loves it, and then it goes nowhere. Hmm. I think that the roster is just so big that they they only care about the top storylines. Everything else, you know, get, kind of gets pushed to the side. But that's cool. So you know, like, and uh, in NXT too, they're signing all the top indie guys mm-hmm. right now, and that's that was another thing. Like that, they, I was like, cool. So it's just opening up all these spots. Great. I'm gonna go take them. That's a good way to think about it because because like you said, there is kind of a, a real. I'm not gonna say there's a lot, but there's there's a group of guys that should be doing more. But because you guys have been there for a while. You're kind of just like, okay, yeah, that's great. But then we got all these guys from NXT that are coming up. So it's guys like yourself and even like a guy like Kofi Kingston, once again. I mean, he's a guy that they could be doing so much more oh, with. I know, right? But he just kind of gets lost because he's not a top guy. He's not an NXT guy. He's in the middle of that. And you were yeah. kind of stuck in that as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. even even you're talking about the bunny. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of smiling about it, but it could have been something very, very cool. Oh, dude, you, wait till I show you the pictures. You know, like Adam Rose was going to be all gothic y, like Marilyn Manson and. You know, if this was the Attitude Era, that gimmick would be over. Yeah, as fuck. it'd I, be like Doink the Clown or something. Yeah, you know? but like just dark and evil and like, you know. It's kind of scary because you've seen that in movies and stuff like Donnie Darko and stuff. Where there it, is exactly, the that's bunny. what I wanted to do, the Donnie Darko bunny. Like, Was it the same bunny costume all the time? Uh, they had a few different ones. I eventually had my own one because I didn't want to wear what the extras wore. and uh, <laughs> Sweaty and, <laughs> and smelly. Yeah, exactly, and I modified it a little bit. And I'm envisioning... Uh, was it Blaze of Glory where Will Ferrell's drunk wearing that mascot and he pukes in it? <laughs> yeah. But like like I said, I mean that shows your 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 test. Maybe Drew was the same talking about when he was in the three man three man band or whatever. Yeah, three man band. band. Yeah, yeah. And he knew it wasn't the greatest idea, but still wanted to make it as good as he could. Exactly. You're and, still and trying. they made it great. I thought I yeah, thought they, that was yeah, great. It was entertaining. And, and and that could have been the same thing with with, with the bunny. So yeah. um And you know, I mean I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not saying like maybe somewhere it, Someone didn't like me. I'm not even. That's what I thought, but it's probably not true. They just, you know, there's so much going on, and there's so much talent on the roster right now. It's yeah, real. It's great. I, I, mean, I would say that that that's probably more than anything. Probably got lost the shuffle. Plus, you've been there for a long time. Yep. We've pushed them. We've done a lot. Let's give someone else a try, and then you kind of just get pushed, pushed away. Side, yeah. You know, because they never let you go. That's the thing you left yeah. on your own volition. And I can't. There's not a lot of guys that do that. So I mean, you know, thumbs up for having the courage Thanks, to do man. that. And I think uh, I think I got my final release on the Friday, the Saturday. I did my first indie show. <laughs> who uh, who P- was your first uh, match? PWS. It was a six-way suicidal scramble match, <laughs> which was like I had no idea what the rules were, uh-huh. and I was like I couldn't figure out the finish. And like I was like trying to figure out in this match, you know, because I'm I'm a very organized person. And the guy's like, just do whatever you want, just have fun. That guy gets going over, you know. Who was it that went over? Uh, like, who were you in there with? I don't even remember who won the match. Six guys. The only guy I knew was Brian XL and uh, Amazing Red. Okay. And the other guys were like kind of like trainees from that school. Gotcha. Very talented guys because they had cool characters and they mm-hmm. could work. And and uh, there were some really cool characters at the show too. That I what, what company bad. was it? PWS. The Pro Wrestling Syndicate? Yeah. In, so uh, how was it uh, going out there for your first indie after... I mean, did you work some NXT shots, but you're going from... You know, basically working arenas to working, I'm assuming, a community center or whatever. Yeah, whatever it was. And there were 1,500 people. Wow. And yeah, they went nuts. And I was like, I just I just walked out with the biggest smile on my face. And, you know, like uh, 
intermission or whatever, I went out to sell some gimmicks and stuff, <laughs> and like everyone shook shook my hand. They're like, "Man, I, we could tell that you were happy." Did the fans respond to you when you came out? Huge. It was awesome. What a great feeling. I was like, man, this is what I missed. This is what I needed. I needed that too to mm. make me. And one night to know that people still care, right? Yeah, yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. So we're here in the studio with uh, the artist formerly known as Justin Gabriel. PJ Black is here. And, uh, you know, it's amazing because now you've got something that you can use to your advantage too. Like, hey, I'm the guy that walked away from the WWE. I can just hear the promos now. You know, I walked away from the WWE to come to, you know, Pro Wrestling Syndicate to take this title, whatever it may be, because yeah, yeah. they know you left yeah, yeah. on your own volition. Yep, yep. You know, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, which is weird because, like, a lot of the a lot of fans still ask me on Twitter, why did you leave? Why did you leave? Mm-hmm. But most, you know, most smart fans, they were like, man, well done yeah. doing that, you know? Well, to encapsulate it to those people that are asking I me, mean, we've said it already, but if you could encapsulate it into like a couple sentences, oh, definitely. why did you leave? What, right now? Yeah. Just frustrated with the whole system, mm-hmm. you know? I, I'm, I, I consider myself an artist. I want to show everybody what I'm capable of and what I can do. And uh, that's just, you know, entertain fans. And that's a good Put on five-star matches. You know, the opportunity to put, to put on, on five star exactly, yeah. and you could. A lot of people can do it, but you know it's hard when you're on on superstars or Raw, and you you mm. get given ninety seconds. Mm. Like, tell me a story in ninety seconds. <laughs> yeah, that, my thing is telling stories, and, and, and that I is, can't do it in ninety seconds. I don't think anybody can. That's the hardest thing. You know, right. there's a little bit of a division right now uh, that I've heard about rumblings about people in NXT and guys in WWE kind of looking at the NXT guys, going, well, "How can they get you know." 25 minutes to put on these matches because i don't know if you've seen some of the it's been specials. going on longer than you think and i've i've i've, I've seen the specials because i was there right trying to get booked on them even and that was another frustrating thing i couldn't even get booked on those i had all these storylines written out and they started using one i kind of turned heel on nxt with uh with tyson mm-hmm. and uh then when i was back on raw and, and smackdown i was kind of like a tweener one day i was a baby face one day i was a heel so the crowd didn't know what to do mm-hmm. it was like I could I can hear it was silent and I could hear one guy yelling like are you a heel or a face <laughs> you know and I enjoyed those those NXT shows and that, those storylines kind of also just led nowhere and I was like frustrated again I was like man I even I had, down there even down there and I had like this whole storyline laid out for months like what what happened to it you know and then you know like maybe I should have tried harder but like enough of those things happen and you're like you you want to just quit trying mm-hmm. like I'm just gonna you know quit it and it piles up on you yeah. So you were going to NXT on your own? They didn't send you there? They didn't send me there on my own accord, you know. You just showed up one day and said, hey, do you, I want to work here? Or? No, I just, I mean, I, I know Bill's running the show, so um, I, I get on good with him. So I was mm-hmm. like, hey, do you mind if I do this? And he's like, no, not at all. So I jumped into the classes, you know, there's some great trainers there, which I'm good friends with. I actually learned a lot from wrestling again, like just taking Norman Smiley's class, you know, mm-hmm. like all the stuff that you forget about, like like pure wrestling. Like, yeah. And it made me excited again, and I, and I, and I can use this stuff again now, you know? <laughs> it's funny when you get, and it happens to a lot of people, you kind of get stuck in the rut of, I, this is what I do, and this is my comeback, and these are the moves that I yeah. do. 
when you get out there and do some extra stuff and learn some extra stuff, it's exciting. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's another thing that frustrated me because I was doing the same thing for about a year or two. You know, live event matches, it was mm-hmm. the same spot on the card, same matches. It was just getting so redundant. Very stale. Yeah. You know, you know I, need, I, need to, I need to challenge my, myself, mm-hmm. my, my own creativity. It's one of the things those last couple of months I've uh, been working just the live events. Mm. I had a couple months. I, know, I was on those with you actually. The last that's few. right. Yep. That's right. Yeah, yep. before before you left, and like, what a cool experience! Like, everyone's like, "You're not doing TV," and it's like, "No, I don't want that <laughs> hassle. I just want to come and just have fun and just do some stuff and try some stuff." And it's 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 the best. You know? It is the best. I don't think most fans realize that because mm-hmm. they don't see you on TV. They're like, "Why are you not on TV?" That's right. You know, and like they don't realize the most fun part of the job is actually the live events. Yeah, the, the matches. No pressure. No time limit. Just oh, go yeah. out there and, and just exactly. listen and react, kind of the way we were all trained and taught. Exactly. And you know, that, that's what's cool about the indies right now, you know, like I just, you know, feed off them. I know it's a whole different style and people go, oh, people don't know any psychology on the indies. But like those people want to see cool spots. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I did with a six way too. I kind of put together, I put it together uh, mostly myself. The guys were great. Maybe mm-hmm. they were just listening to me because they kind of like. Mm-hmm. like oh, well, yeah, you come from the big leagues. Man. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of put it together a little bit differently. I it was more like a storytelling, like a WWE match, right? But there was like some crazy spots too, which they would never let us do on TV. Then I got great responses and, and you know, the fans so all stood up and it was great. But that's the thing though. You can take the great stuff that you learned in the WWE as far as psychology and putting together matches. Oh, totally. And now take that and help some of those other guys that don't know that. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing wrong with doing crazy spots. No, just it's put just it in the right place. Put them. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And a lot of guys on the on the indies don't know that. Yeah. You know, don't know how to do that. Yeah. And, and you're talking about um, kind of coming in and learning how to put together a match. I mean, I have to say, probably one of the biggest things that you did was the whole NXT invasion. Yep, yep. Which was an amazing uh, storyline. That was so much fun, dude. It's probably the most fun I've had. And because and I've had Wade on the show. I've had Ryback on the show, Daniel Bryan. We've all kind of discussed it. Tell tell us from your perspective kind of how that all came together. Because the, the it started with NXT, yep, which yep. was a rookie and a pro. Yeah. Which, uh, until the day, no one really knew what the concept of the show was going to be. Yeah. And a lot of people, you were on that too, because you mm-hmm. were way Wade, pro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't believe me when I say that stuff wasn't scripted. None of that stuff. <laughs> Remember, like, we just walked in onto you guys and, hey, promo, live. Yeah, go. that's true. And we're like, uh, 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 just got get put on the spot. And I think that was great, but it kind of, like, ruined it too, in a way. But, uh. Didn't you, you know, have to do a promo about a flower or something like that? Oh, yeah. Worst thing ever. And I was like. <laughs> what was your promo? Was it a flower? Yeah, I don't even remember, but it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. And that, see, that stuff too, like uh, if they've given it a little heads up, that mm-hmm. whole thing would have played out differently. I mean, uh, Wade, he probably mentioned that he was very lucky to come up with that one line. The winds that, of change. Exactly, and that just made him yeah. right there, you know. We talked specifically about that. That was in London, about how that, that made him the winner right there. Right there. Yeah, we all knew and, it. And in front of his home crowd. And, yes. You know, yeah. Yeah, that must have been a so, so you guys were kind of out there, and and it was uh, almost a rib in a lot of ways, like rib the young guys. But the funny thing is, though, rib the rookies, and you guys had opened like you had been working for years, probably yep. ten years at that point. Yep. So had Wade. I mean, Daniel Bryan. I remember the, the oh, big yeah. controversy they put him with Miz, and I think Daniel had been <laughs> twice as much experience as Miz. <laughs> but they treated you guys like kind of like as as rookies, so yep. to speak. And uh, then it comes to the end of the season, Wade wins. Yep. And suddenly, I, I believe, I'm, I'm not going to say he won on a Monday and a Tuesday it happened, but I think the next Monday, yeah, that was Miami, right. right? And I remember like getting eliminated too, sorry to go back no, on go that, ahead. but getting eliminated and I was like, yeah, I know, 
I know my promos have sucked and that that's my weakness or whatever. So I know I'm going to get eliminated today. So I'm going to just cut the promo of my life. And uh, as soon as I got the mic, Stryker kept trying to grab it out of my hand and try to push me. So he, obviously in his ear, someone said, don't let the kid talk or yeah. something like that, you know, but they, you could never see that on camera. And I was trying to push him away. Like, <laughs> and I was like, just trying to run through what I, you know, I had something in that I wanted to say and I, had to get it off my chest. Did you say it? I did. I, I remember got, that. Yeah. I got some of it out, you know, and, but I mean, I, I, if they let me go for 10 minutes, I would have. You know? I remember that. I remember when I might have even, like, we were talking about it afterwards because when you were eliminated, it was a. Uh, yeah, and everyone was like, where did that come from? I'm like, it's there. You just. Yeah. It, I remember it was, it was something we hadn't seen from you at that point. Yeah. Did yeah. you have a different name? Were you ju- Justin Angel at that point or something? I like was that? Justin Angel when I, uh, that was a name I, I came up with in, uh, in FCW. Yeah. And then, uh, Oh, that's another thing. When they played the ad that NXT was going to start next week, they they played a oh, rookie pro, you know, that ad, and it came up Justin Gabriel, and I was like, "What?" And everyone texted me too. I didn't even know this. And I was like, I, "I'm just an angel." Like, not and, anymore. Uh, yeah. Apparently, Vince said, "No, it's too gimmicky. It's, uh, it's a reality show." <laughs> <laughs> Justin Gabriel's pretty good, though. Yeah, Gabriel's an angel, right? Archangel. So, I know. Yeah, that's that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That sounds good. So uh, you show up in Miami, and so so once you're eliminated, what do you think is going to happen? Are you going back down to FCW, or, or are you? Dude, I, I'm, to be honest, I don't even remember what I was thinking at the time. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to go back. We kind of like, when that thing happened too, the Nexus thing, that was kind of like a shoot almost, because we all stuck together, and we kind of like, mm. like just stood, stood up for ourselves, and we still got treated like rookies. We had to change in broom cupboards and stuff like that people don't realize that and you know like i think we had to go back to 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 uh fcw at the time but we're all just all seven of us like we did on tv we kind of just like walked into the office steve kern was there and uh and doc was there and we're like hey we're not coming back next week for training <laughs> really yeah just because we, we you, you know what it's like in the big leagues or, or yeah and we were trying to just push our luck and trying to live the gimmick too because uh, vince made us wear those nexus bands like everywhere in the airports and everything so like <laughs> we might as well live the gimmick you know <laughs> let's see what we can get away with so tell us about about the invasion though how, how did that come about when did you find out that you were going to be doing it uh that, that, was, that was in miami right yeah yeah uh, on the day we we vince pulled us into the office and he's like this is what's going to happen this is what i want and we're like are you sure he goes yeah just you know just say sorry later just just absolutely destroy guys and like you know like, like obviously the daniel bryan thing everyone knows like it took a little bit too far but was that too far because they gave us yeah. they told us to do anything there we was wanted. no no parameters set nothing right it was ripped the ring apart and that was my favorite part <laughs> that was like the coolest thing ever no one had ever seen that before yeah it was so much fun ripping that ring apart and man that's something that wade brought up like we see it every day but for the fans they've never seen never, what, what a ring never. looks like you know torn apart yep, yep. what's underneath the canvas and then i got to 450 splash john cena and that became like the you know the that was the big the, yeah that was the big uh the peak either the beat the down exclamation, beat down, point. exclamation point would yeah, be the thing yeah. yeah so that was cool you know i got to show one thing that i can do but then <laughs> then i just became a one-trick pony which is not true <laughs> that was but that was your role yeah you'd go exactly. to the top and do that right exactly yeah so um and we had that match at, at uh, SummerSlam, the main event yes yeah. That was an amazing uh, story because th- that was uh, no one had ever seen that. Like uh, I remember, I told Wade this as well. I knew what was going to happen. Wade walked down, and then when Tarver showed up with the half mask, mask on, yep, I said, "Okay, I, I know what's going to happen. I get it." Yeah, and it was one of those moments where people were silent; they couldn't believe it. It was. It, I still say one of the best surprises and one of the best angles in the modern WWE era, if nothing else. It was oh yeah, Vince 
classics, you know? Yep, yep. And that's what everyone says, you know? All the fans, like, keep saying that. That was the best, mm-hmm. best heel faction ever, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was fun, definitely fun doing. And in the, in the main event of SummerSlam was great. And yeah, was, we should have uh, just played that out differently, I think. I mean, we we were too scared to stand up for ourselves. I mean, I know you and you and Adam did. We mm-hmm. should have. Yeah, we, you know, we that didn't finish think, should have been. Yeah, way we different. didn't think the finish that John and Wade did should have gone down yeah. the way that it did. Yeah. And afterwards, Cena agreed with us, and I was like, "You should have agreed with us beforehand, yeah, man." And we we were too young, and we were rookies at that time. We should have said something too, but we mm-hmm. all knew that. But we were like, "Okay, this is how stuff wants. works." Yeah. <laughs> and 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 quite honestly. Had you said something, it might have been bad. True, true, because we were rookies at the time. Yeah, and, and not necessarily rookies, but you're the, you're the new kids new on the block kids. getting the push of your lives. Yep. And that's kind of how WWE does things. I mean, don't forget, it's the same company that when they brought Brock Lesnar back, the first match he had with Cena, he lost. Yeah. You know, so sometimes they do stuff like that. So, you know, I think if anybody could have stood up for it more, we probably could have. Adam and I, but then after a while, I know you guys you know, tried. Yeah, we I tried, and, and it's not worth you know. It's not my thing, yeah, so whatever yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. But um, amazing, amazing moment beat. But I remember I told you guys though. Remember that that we had those house shows we were working. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you 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 guys helped us out a lot too. You know, yeah. you guys also made that storyline happen because you let us do what we were were good at at the time and what we were supposed to do, and also gave us a lot of advice. And mm-hmm. thanks for that. And I don't know if i ever said thanks but (laughs) i appreciate i remember saying to you guys it was like listen for some of you guys this is going to be the biggest thing of your career and some of you guys will be gone in a couple months i remember exactly when when and where you said that too where was was at a house show i think i think it was in tennessee Mm. and uh, yeah i remember that yeah (laughs) it's weird i remember that because i don't have a good memory at all (laughs) (laughs) remember more than you think yeah Uh, we were talking about the whole darewolf gimmick uh and about how much of it was and it's funny because when I was in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, Lance Storm and I were the thrill seekers. Right. And our video was us like jumping on Velcro walls and like <laughs> skating on the ice and like feeding bears. It was like the worst thrill seekers ever. Like yeah. you, you and Jeff Hardy are like the actual thrill seekers. Now, and, and you started doing this skydiving thing yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, and- well, I, I started doing it for this character. I was like, man, I need to get a shot of me doing this. So I did it like once or twice. Oh, so you learned skydiving for the Darewolf. Yeah. Well, so what happened was, okay, uh, I'll make the short. <laughs> so I grew up surfing. So mm-hmm. that was the, my first passion in life. But when I moved to Florida, when I got signed, no ways around. And I was looking for something to do, you know, to 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 uh, to fill that adrenaline void, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. So you know, like uh, uh, one of my friends had a voucher or Groupon or whatever for skydiving, and I went with her one day because I didn't give a shit about anything anymore. So scared going up, oh but as gosh. soon as I jumped out of the plane, I was like, wow. This is what I want to do. Well, how, how do you like? How do they prepare you? Like, what do you do? Man, I don't know, man. It was it was kind of weird too because these hippies all like well, I think they're hippies and they, you know like they're like yeah I was gonna strap you in here and then you know this thing on my wrist it'll tell us how high we are but if you look into my eyes uh, you can tell how high I am and then I was like what <laughs> wait what <laughs> yeah so I did a couple of jumps because I wanted to get a shot just jumping by myself and uh, just yeah just got hooked man. Do you have to go with a guy like? On a guy's back at first? You don't have to. You can just go through the ground school. It's like six hours and they teach you like some pretty decent skills. And Which was weird too because I sat through that whole class thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a master at this. And then you jump out the first time, one guy on, on your left arm and one guy on your right arm and they kind of like let you go for a few seconds in midair so you can feel you know, what it feels like to free fall. And then uh, once I pulled the parachute too, I was like trying to think back of what I learned in class and I was like, 
man, I have no idea how to fly this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be surprised when your life's on the line, you figure it out quickly, man. And, well, and that's the your life is on the line. Yeah. Basically. Like I would be just like one of those things where I pull the parachute and somebody forgot to pack it or something like that. It's just like, ah. <laughs> now, those things are made to fly. I'm the worst packer in the world. I'd roll that thing up in a bowl and it flies. Like when I got to like 400, 450 jumps, I was like, let me see what this thing can do. I've, I've never had a, a ride on my reserve parachute. So I would literally roll that thing up in a ball and just shove it in because I was frustrated too. So I was like, you know, if I die, whatever, who cares? <laughs> yeah, but that thing would just fly. It would open really hard, like uh, like almost broke my back a few times. Uh -huh. But uh, that thing is made to fly. You've had 450 jumps? About like 478 right now. So when you jump out, like, is does the wind take you, like, where you could start flipping, or does it? can you glide on it like a wave? Or The, the better you get, the, the, the more control you have, you know? Like, you start doing, like, belly, like, turns left and right, and then front flips, and then back flips, and then you start doing free flying, which is, like, head up and head down. Like, when you're on your belly, you fall at about 125 miles an hour. When, you're, when you have your feet down, you get to, like, 150. When you get your head down, that's the coolest thing in the world, because oh you get gosh. 200 miles an hour, and that's, that's what I'm busy i got everything else mastered except that but learning real quick and, and i've seen awesome. you jump out in like in a t-shirt and jeans or something so you don't even wear like a suit anymore nah i mean you can like it's, it, <laughs> i have a cool suit now well, you talking about the flying squirrel suit oh the, the wingsuit those are awesome it, um, it looks like a little flying squirrel type thing what's yeah the, what's the deal with that so so you have wings it's kind of like a, a plane so instead of like uh, when you normally jump you fall you fall at 125 miles an hour straight down. Mm -hmm. Now with a wingsuit, you only fall 30 miles an hour down, but you have that forward drive, which is anything from 100 to 200, depending on the suit you're flying. So you have to fly patterns, like with the plane. Otherwise, you fly too far away from where you have to land. And like a few times when I've, when I've had malfunctions and I had to pull the reserve, I landed like in the middle of Zephyr Hills and I had to like hitch a ride back. No way. Yeah. With your parachute With in hand. Parachute and a squirrel suit. <laughs> I think this one time I actually landed on a it was like a like an old age home or something. Like all these people were sitting on the on the on the porch and I just kinda kinda came crashing down and I did this like tumble roll because I didn't like unzip the wingsuit and everything and the, these people kind of just <laughs> stared at me. Like, it's like a and they're up a into the sky. barbecue or something. Yeah. That's you think they're getting invaded by Russians or yeah. something. That was insane, dude. Like knowing now, I know how my my uh, emergency gear works. And then it happened again a few months later. Like I just uh, I was jumping with some of the best guys in the world too, and I was trying to impress them with a wingsuit. And they were we were just flying. Like I know why birds flock now, by the way, because like when you fly together as a group, that's the most incredible feeling in the world. It's like just like the teamwork of it, or yeah, I don't, I can't explain it. It's just like when you see someone else flying, we're going at 200 miles an hour forward and we, we're going through the clouds. Just the grace of it. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And like, you've seen the Instagram video. Mm -hmm. That's it. We're going at 200 miles an hour forward, but it looks so slow and peaceful, right? Right. That's Make awesome. it look so easy. Yeah, so and I did this jump with these guys and then uh, I reached back to pull and the, my handle wasn't there and it was just gone. So I was like, oh man. And I, the more I try to dig into the, my back pocket to, to reach the handle the more I drop my right shoulder of the wingsuit. So now I'm spinning out of control, Ooh. right? So I'm like, this is it. I'm going to die. I'm huh. going to die. And I see all the tandem guys falling next to me too. So I'm trying to just stay clear of them so I don't crash into anyone else in the sky. And I saw a little church in front of me and I was like, this is how I'm going to go out. I'm just going to fly straight into the roof of that church, at least make it memorable, you know, at least make the news or something. <laughs> and then I don't know what it was. I was just flying, 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 and then, my, my head was like ready to go, but my, my body, all of a sudden I just pulled my reserve and it worked. So I don't know if you know what a parachute looks like. The, the main is at the bottom and the reserve is at the top. 
Mm-hmm. So because the, the main didn't come out, I didn't think the reserve was going to come out, but it popped out. And I, I just, just in time to freaking land, did a little roll, and then I was like, Whoa. So how, how, so when the reserve comes out, how high up were you? Like, were um, you starting I, to get... I was low. Like, you normally, like, skydiving is actually, you, you think it's not that safe, but it's pretty safe because you're trying to pull at, like, 3,500 feet. Mm-hmm. So when something goes wrong, you have at least 30, 40 seconds to make a decision. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. I left it for... 30, 40 seconds too long in the wingsuit before I, because wow. I, I decided that th- this was it because I had no way out. And then yeah, somehow yeah. My, my instincts, my, my, I remember, I must have remembered. But isn't that what the reserve is for? Is like your kind of backup plan? Yeah, but you have the reserves on the, on the, on the, le- on your heart and then the cutaway is on the other side. And you mm-hmm. have to cut that one away first, the, the one that's not working. Oh. And then you pull reserve. And I didn't even have the other one open yet. So, so I was somehow like, it just worked. Somehow it worked. But now I know for future reference, you know, like it's, <laughs> wow, man. So how, how fast did you hit the ground, do you think? Fast. I was fast, and all I could think of is holding onto my handles because, like, the rip, the, the, those cords are, like, 50 bucks each, you know? Like, the equipment's really expensive, by the way. Yeah. And I was just trying to hold on to that, and, like, I, I was just, like, everything happened That's so crazy, fast. That's crazy, man. Is that, is that the closest you came to, to, to dying in this 450 jumps that you've had? I think so, yeah. But from, those, from that experience, I, I learned a lot, you know? I don't think... Well, yeah, by ba- by barely surviving now, you know, like what doesn't kill you makes yeah, you stronger, right? Exactly. It's amazing what your body, like, when you're in that situation, like, what you think of. And people say your life flashed before your eyes. That's not true. Uh-huh. It's not true. Isn't that true? You just were like, oh, all right. I was I like, yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> how long does it take to, to like, if you jump out of a plane, how long does it take to get from the plane to the ground? Uh, if you if you do a belly jump, about mm. 60 seconds. That's it. If you do a free fly jump, about 40 seconds. Wingsuit depending on the suit, I can get to like two, three minutes of flight time. Oh, because you can glide a bit. Yeah, because you're actually flying a That pattern. seems so crazy, like 40 seconds, 60 seconds, that's so fast. You'd think that, but count 40 seconds right now? Mm-hmm. It's, a lot of, it's a lot of time to, to, to make decisions and, and do stuff, you know? And when, you're, and when you're going towards the ground, like if you were going towards like a tree or something, can you, can you pull the, the, the parachute so you can kind of go to the left or go to the right? Oh, yeah, it's like driving a car. It's like okay. this is left, this is right, those are brakes. And this is another uh, fun dynamic of the sport too, which a lot of people don't realize. They call it canopy uh, piloting. It's a total different sport. These guys jump with the smaller the parachute is, the faster you come in. Mm-hmm. So these guys jump in, jump with these tiny, tiny parachutes, and they only jump from like five five grand, and they just open it up immediately. And what they try and they come, they try and come in as fast as possible, and they get to like seventy, eighty miles an hour, and they skid across the water like this, and then they try to let, hit wow. the bullseye. And that's a, that's the most dangerous sport in the world. What's it actually called? It's it's uh it's like canopy piloting. It's like a, that's the name of the sport, canopy piloting. Yeah, it's like it's it's, it's a form of skydiving, but it's uh, and going you, blank you, right now. You really are. Uh, that's what I want to do. What I want to get to, to be able to do that. Yeah, is it something you can do like on a pro circuit or something? Or yeah, yeah. There's a pro circuit. Like the U.S. team is really freaking good. I think the U.S. guy actually won the world champs. How do you win? But uh, so they have three rounds. Like there's speed, accuracy, and distance. Mm-hmm. So it, you got to obviously come first in one of those and do pretty well in the other two. Okay. Yeah. So get down to the ground fastest and they can No, get no, to- you have to use, there's like, they, they have these buoys on the water. And oh, okay. There's always a, a line of water. So you have to hit, hit certain buoys, drag your foot in the water, and then there's a bullseye where you have to land. And then obviously the speed one, they, they measure your speed. Wow. Of your foot dragging across the water. And 
You know what you need to do? You need to make that swooping. E- sorry, that's what the sport is called. Swooping. Okay. Yeah. You need to make that evil gothic bunny and make that your uh, parachuting suit, right? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be, that'd be so, so, so here you are, man. You walked away from from the dream job, but I think you're on to other dreams. You probably feel better than you have in years and years and years. What's your goal uh, for for the next couple of years on the indies? What do you want to What do you want to accomplish? You know, I haven't even thought about years, but uh, the next few months, I just want to like. Uh, show people what I can do, you know, like mm-hmm. what I'm capable of. I have some great bookings, like I said, against guys that I've admired. So I think to, to keep this kind of buzz going, I have to have good matches so people can go, oh, wow, we want to go see this guy. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and I think a lot of guys, when they when they quit WWE or get released, they kind of get lazy. And, mm-hmm. you know, you hear the stories about the all-timers all the time. Right. You know? And uh, I think I just want to, you know, go the other route. Um, I'm setting up a... a a website right now, which is pjblack.com. It should be up and running next week. It's uh, something I did at college, so I'm doing it myself. And that's another passion of mine. It's like uh, uh, I did web design and uh, graphic design okay. at college. So that's another passion of mine, uh, designing a whole merch line, hmm. which uh, which w- should appeal to not only wrestling fans, which I'm kind of excited about. Every launching soon, yeah. I'm sure your fans are excited to, to see what you got because I know you have a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I guess <laughs> like you know, WWE is, is a worldwide show. Yeah, that's so, what know, I'm saying. A lot of lot of you know, followers when, from all when, around. When, when you talk about, you said some guys get lazy, and once again, I keep comparing you with Drew because he was the same. It was the exact opposite. It's like I have something to prove now. Yeah. I'm going to prove them wrong. Right? Have you talked to him about this? Did oh, you talk I, to him beforehand? I uh, before I made the decision, no, yeah. no, I didn't. But. Uh, but I would see him at the gym and be like, hey, man, so how's it going? And like, he'd send me a link, and I would watch the matches and these, like, 15 minutes insane promos he was cutting. And I was like, man, is that what the Indies are like? And uh, <laughs> he was, like, so much fun. And I would see Trent around all the time. Oh, yeah, Trent. And he's, he's having a blast. And, uh, like, Mike Hutter, uh, EC3. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I would see was... those guys at the gym all the time. What was, was he in, uh, in WWE? He was, was Derek, his name? Derek Bateman. Bateman, that's right. Derek also Bateman. another talented guy that never got – the opportunity like so very creative. cool good promo yeah yeah and sometimes Character it just stuff. happens yeah let me ask you this too uh, as, as we're getting ready to wrap up when you go on to the indies i know like when daniel bryan was on last year he mentioned when he got fired after the nxt invasion that he went onto the indies and made more money yeah. than he was making in the WWE at the time is this something as well too can you go to the indies and and make more than you do when you're in the WWE not working I think I think it's a possibility. I mean, uh, the hustle is a little bit more because you have to hustle selling merch mm-hmm. and getting bookings and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of the stuff is uh, a lot of the promoters pay cash. And especially now, because I've just recently walked away, like uh, I've been asking like crazy fees, and like they all say yes. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, might you as know, well. Right? No hustling, and uh, I think there's potential to make a lot of money on the in- on the indies. It, it it all depends on you, like you. Right now that I'm my own boss too. Plus, I've never done the indies in the U.S., so this is a very no. a first for me. Uh, so that's what I'm excited about, like trying to figure out the system and how it works, and and you know, it's something new. It's like a new, it's like a total new freaking. You came adventure. right from South Africa to FCW, basically. Um, so, so I broke into the business. I'll give you a short version of yeah. the story. <laughs> when I was like 16, I was on the road full time for two years, uh, did about 150 matches, and then my dad got shot. So I was oh. like. I didn't even watch wrestling anymore. I just you were quit. done, yeah. Done, done, done. I didn't even that whole era where um, Vince bought WCW. I didn't even know that happened because I didn't. I refused to watch it. I didn't. 
Yeah. I didn't want anything to do with wrestling. And I, I packed my backpack and I kind of went soul searching through Europe and, uh, you know, just did my own thing, which my family really got mad at me, by the way, because I just left and I didn't speak to anyone. And, but I needed this you in my life. Journey, yeah. yeah, I needed that. And uh, I ended up staying in London for five years. I ended up getting my master's degree in sports science. Oh, wow. <laughs> but that, that's a long other story. <laughs> but I, one day I just ended up walking into an indie wrestling show. And I have no idea why. I cannot remember how I did that. I was just walking on the street and I heard bumping. And I went in. And I heard saw bumping. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I saw AJ Styles versus Johnny Storm. And I was like, how did I walk away from this? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I found a wrestling school again. This is four years of no wrestling. It was like starting from scratch. Like I couldn't bump. I couldn't hit the ropes. I was like, man, it's not like riding a bike. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I started working the Indies in the UK. Got kicked out of the country after staying there for five years and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Went back to South Africa, worked the Indies there for three years. And then I just started sending my tapes and I got picked up. You got picked up from, from sending your tapes. Yeah, yeah. They well, didn't even have you do a tryout? Well, what happened was, this is, this is another long story. So mm-hmm. they, they, no one responded to me. I sent the tapes to everybody's address I could find, like Stephanie, Hunter, like whoever was like Bucci, whoever was in talent relations, like everybody I could find, Steve Kern. And uh, one day I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just like give them a call. I think I rocked up in, in uh, this was the most ballsy thing I've ever done. I just booked a flight, came over for two days, Rocked up at FCW. To Orlando? Yeah. Uh, well, FCW was at oh, Tampa, Tampa at the time. time yeah. And then Steve Kern was like, I know you from somewhere. You're that guy from the jungle. Because <laughs> I guess one of my promo pics, I was standing in front of a tree. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, they were like, no, no, we can't let you in. We can't let you in. Because I guess a week before that, they had some troubles with people just rocking up. Oh, okay. And then, uh, but Steve Kern kind of took a liking to me and he helped me out a lot. And he uh, he gave me a tryout that day. And then uh, it was against uh, uh Ted DiBiase okay. had a couple of promos and I spent a couple of days there and then, yeah, I went back home and then, uh, yeah, I just. You got the call. Yep. Yep. That's great, man. <laughs> what, uh, last question, what's your favorite match or, or some of your favorite matches that you've had that I was involved in? Yeah. Oh man. I have so many, so many, um, uh, edge, you know, edge retired world champion. Mm-hmm. The last match he actually lost on TV was against me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Was it when you were part we were of the core? The or? Core, yeah. Okay. So we cheated to win, obviously. But yeah. like, you know, the win's a win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was that was an awesome match because we got time. And I actually watched it back the other day, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" Like they cut out a bunch of stuff too, because I think we went like seven or eight minutes over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like they cut out, a, but you know, it was, that was a fun match. Uh, everything we did as Nexus mm. was fun. I also had a, a small run with Tyson Kidd as a, as a tag team. Mm-hmm. And it was insane because we had all these awesome matches on the live events and we get to TV and the, and Michael Hayes is like, you know what we need? We need a team that can do all this stuff. And, and Fit was like, the guys are right there. They've been doing it for weeks. We're, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, read yeah. the reports, watch the tapes or whatever. That yeah. was fun. That's cool, man. Well, you got a lot of, uh, a lot of cool stuff going on and uh, this is a new, a new dawn for PJ Black, a new birth. Yep. I think you're going to, uh, I think you're going to tear it up on the scene, man. PJBlack.com. Yes. It'll launch next week. Uh, bookings at pjblack.com for booking inquiries. All right. Inquire. Pay him lots of money and he will blow your socks off. <laughs> yes, I will. Thanks, dude. Promise you that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to PJ Black. He's back, man. The Darewolf is going to be on the scene. Keep an eye out for him. I, I want to thank him for coming on my show. Uh, first and foremost, telling us the reasons why he quit his dream job. He, he's already booked up. He's going to do great. He's a super... Uh, 
talented performer, good-looking guy, uh, smart inside the ring. Go to pjblack.com and find out where the Darewolf is coming to, uh, to, 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 to wrestle in your area and go check him out all around the world. You know he's going to be there. And speaking of being around the world, Cinderblock Party World Tour almost halfway done. Dirty Youth is on the road with us. And, man, they are kicking ass every night, too. Uh, love lead singer Danny. She's killer. Danny Monroe. She wears light-up sunglasses. I was like, hmm. Could be some uh, gimmick infringement here. <laughs> but tonight, March 11th, Wednesday, the tour hits London at the Underground. This show is almost sold out. There's only a few tickets left. Don't get left out. Don't be the guy that people go, hey, did you go see Fozzie? Did you go to the Cinderblock party tour? And he went, no, I-, I didn't go. I didn't get my ticket in time. And then they beat you senselessly around the head and shoulders for missing out on Fozzie. Or they put a kick-me sign on your back. Don't be that guy. Be the cool kid in class. Come to see us at the Underground in London, March 11th tonight, then 12th in Bristol, 13th Exeter, 14th Southampton, 15th in Brighton. We got Rod Smallwood, Iron Maiden managers coming, Nigel Glockler, the drummer from Saxon. It's going to be a rock and roll party in Brighton. Then we head across the pond, 17th Paris, France, 18th Proton, Switzerland. Uh, we can do some yodeling there. Holy! Then we hit Germany. All three of these shows are doing good too. March 19 in Munich, 20 in Mannheim, 21. We close the tour in Bochum, Germany. There's still tickets left to a lot of these shows. And don't forget the VIP packages. Come hang out with Fozzie. Come meet us. Take some pictures. We'll sign whatever you got. We'll uh, we'll make you a sandwich. How's that sound? Go to FozzieRock.com for all information, all gig information, all ticket information. I want to thanks uh, say thanks to everybody that came to the Cinder block party tour and thanks to all of you for listening don't forget about uh amazon you can use uh, those amazon links for your online shopping to help the show podcast one.com keep our podcast free band at the top of the page then click on talk is jericho you know every time you do that you're going to help out this show and i appreciate that and i appreciate you guys you know i love you i love to love you baby uh so uh, stick around we had another great show this week another one's coming up on friday until then in the meantime and in between time stay cool stay hip stay hot stay hungry and on friday i got a Adult movie legend Stormy Daniels will be here. I know a lot of you like the Asa Akira show. Stormy is a completely different animal. She's actually uh, become way more famous directing and writing adult movies than she ever was in starring in, in them, even though she stars in them as well. She's a legendary performer. She's in the AVN Hall of Fame, and she's an amazing, amazing guest. She's coming up on Friday. So stick around. You'll talk to Stormy. You're going to be rocking. I'll tell you most tales about the Cinderblock Party Tour. And uh, you know how it is, man. You know how we do. We just come around here and we have a good time all the time. Yeah, boy. See you on Friday. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcast1.com. 